over time we do get to learn uh, the deep stories. We do get to learn the heart song of the person. And because of that, we can remind those people when they're off course, when they're not being true to those things. And, you know, for us to do that in a gentle fashion and in not a heavy handed way, and again, not in a directing way, but to be God's accompaniment, you know, that nudging the person with the right questions and with the right feedback and playing these things back, we can remind them and we can bring them home. Welcome to Awakening Lives, a podcast of the Spirituality Network. We seek to cultivate the awakened life through contemplative living and action. Joining me today is my dear good friend, John Florian. John, it is delightful to have you here to, to talk about uh, a topic dear to both of us. Uh, what is spiritual direction? Welcome. Thank you very much, Alejandro. It's uh, great to be here with you. Well, I know that we both come from uh, a slightly different uh, approaches to spiritual direction and have different uh, practices in how we approach the art of spiritual direction. So I'm looking forward to learning from you and uh, to hearing how you do things perhaps a little bit differently than I do. Yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really happy this is going to be a dialogue and we can learn from each other as we proceed with this conversation. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, why don't we start with probably the most foundational question and the the thing that is probably the very hardest for me to be able to answer. What is spiritual direction? And perhaps what what makes it different from therapy or life coaching or any number of other uh, things that might be similar but different? So how how, how do you define spiritual direction? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, I've been thinking about it uh, perhaps over the last 10 years. I've been a spiritual director now for for eight years uh, and uh, be, was thinking about it well before that. So yeah, let me, let me take a crack at it. I, I, at its core, Alejandro, I, I, I believe that we are in constant dialogue between the divine and individuals. And the idea is that God is prompting us towards our true nature, towards our best selves, uh, towards wholeness, and that we have the chance consistently to respond to, to that prompting. What, what I think spiritual direction does, it, it provides a space for someone, as they listen deeply to their inner promptings, for someone else to participate in that in that conversation. So what was at once a dual conversation between that person and the divine, it now becomes a three-way conversation. So at its core, that's that's how I see it. I love that. And, and in particular, I, what really stood out for me was you said it was a constant dialogue. Uh, you know, I, I think so many times when I'm in spiritual direction with someone, it it is not always directly evident that it's connected to the divine. Uh, but I, I have a hard time separating our spiritual lives from the rest of us. And so it feels like anything that we might discuss in a spiritual direction session may ultimately have its roots or connection to how we relate to the divine. So I love that it's a constant dialogue. Yeah, thank you. I, I think that's true. And I also think 
I think we're also constantly in a process of discernment over over our our spiritual paths, over our life's journey. I, I for one, don't believe that really anyone is is really given a a burning bush. <laughs> I think the burning bushes that we encounter in the Bible that Moses may have had or Jesus with the parting of the clouds may be more metaphorical. But I think the truth is every single one of us has to kind of figure it out. We have to through a process of discernment, it might be journaling, it might be prayer, it might be whatever that person brings. But for us to walk into a, a session where that person, that spiritual director is holding that sacred space um, without any judgment, uh, with only acceptance and allowing our stories to be told. Um, and then along the way, I think over time, what happens in spiritual direction is that as the director gets to know a person, um, they can play that song back to that person, their story, uh, if they lose their way, if they've forgotten, um, forgotten where they are along the way. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and I would add to your definition, uh, it, I believe that there's kind of an, an, an innate search in all of us to be whole and free that's what we long for and we've we've lost our way as you said uh, along the way and a spiritual director can help find those places where we don't seem whole or we don't see fr seem free where we're bound up in some way and we can explore it a little bit uh further i I, I read uh, Barbara Brown Taylor's uh, book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, recently, and I loved the definition she had of a spiritual director. She was articulating uh, in one chapter about a free caving experience, you know, off the beaten path where the normal tourists go, where you're going uh, in very tight uh, nooks and crannies. And uh, she, in that chapter, she described the difference between a pastoral counselor and a spiritual director. She said the pastoral counselor was someone who, when you're in the cave, helps get you out of the cave, while the yes. spiritual director invites you to go deeper into the cave. And yes. that can be a scary thing, especially when you think about the notion of free caving, which is uncharted territory in some respects. So it's... Uh, it's it's important to have someone who has the courage uh, and the empathy to take you deeper into the cave. So another way to describe spiritual direction is is to be uh, in a posture of improvisation. And for those of you who don't know, improvisation really at its core is a is a yes and posture. So when someone says something, you you play with it, you run with it, you you respond without judgment, with total acceptance, and you also listen deeply inside for your own experience and and respond uh, from that experience. I think that posture of meeting the moment what what is this moment called for and what is the next moment for it's both challenging and maybe even sometimes slightly intimidating but it is almost always a beautiful holy process I, yes and and i love improv as well and for me it implies such a level of trust trust between the person that you're companioning and trust in yourself to be able to tap into that wisdom that you are speaking about that uh, 
I, I will know what to say because I'm being guided by another hand that uh, knows more than I do. And yeah. to be able to lean into that, uh, that understanding. I think so. And, you know, we, we also started this, this conversation with the, what's the difference between uh, therapy and uh, life coaching uh, as opposed to spiritual direction. It, it, I'd like to hear your comments, Alejandro, but I'll begin by saying it. In my sense, therapy oftentimes deals with fairly heavy uh, mental health and psychological issues and is often all about problem solving. Um, so th there's that angle. Life coaching, on the other hand, from my sense of it, it's almost, almost always goal-oriented and kind of success-driven. It, it's often kind of underlied by the question, um, what am I called to do? Uh, spiritual direction, on the other hand, is much more oriented towards what am I called to be. It's got a much more of an underlying a focus on the spiritual journey. Um, what is, how is the divine, how is the spirit moving in my life? Um, that dialogue with, with, with God or the divine that I talked about earlier, those are the essential differences that I see. How, how about you, Alejandro? I, I agree. And, and I think sometimes they, the lines can get very blurry. And, and I will confess there are some times when I'm in a spiritual direction session where sometimes I slip into and I think, Oh, I'm being a little bit more of a co-chair. Let me step back. Uh, and, and sometimes that may be appropriate, may be exactly what the person needs at that moment. But I try to be careful not to st uh, step into that place where I'm overly guiding uh, the person and, and try to be more of that companion with them uh, rather than trying to help them go somewhere or tell them where they need to go. Right, right. Which leads us maybe to one of our other questions we wanted to talk about, which is the actual title of spiritual director, right? I, I, I for one, um, even though I, you know, I, I embrace the, the title and, and use it often, um, I am much more comfortable with the term spiritual companion. Um, I think it speaks to us recognizing that that we are no longer no further along the spiritual path than the person that we're walking with right we're, we're just we're just we're both just walking each other I, I love the Ram Das line where in the end we're just walking each other home and boy if that isn't a definition of spiritual direction I don't know what is yeah yeah I think I use spiritual direction because that's the tr traditional name uh, but on my own business cards I say spiritual companion and if I'm talking with somebody who doesn't know what spiritual direction is, I'm more likely to use spiritual companion because I think it is uh, more indicative, at least of how I practice spiritual direction. Uh, I'd, I'd rather see myself as a companion rather than a director. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that uh, you've been thinking about this for 10 years. What called you into spiritual direction? Yeah. Well, there's one of my favorite topics, Alejandro. Thank you for asking the question. I, well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me go at it from this angle. I, I love going deep. I, I love the deep conversations. And I've recognized that since I was a teenager. Uh, very few things would thrill me when I was in college and, and post-college uh, for me to, to talk about questions like what's the meaning of life or why are we here or how is God moving in our lives? I, I love the questions. I love that those kinds of conversations. So I think 
at its core, that's the initial calling for me was recognizing the desire to be in, engaged in the conversations. So I was doing all those things. My, I had a former career where I was working as a, an executive and as a lobbyist uh, in a trade association for many years. And I found myself in a way kind of in a, in a wilderness, you know, far afield work-wise from my from that calling towards those kinds of conversations but once in a while even when i was working downtown i would go to a coffee shop and i would see two people engaged in conversation and i would i would look at it and say that's what i want to be doing i i can see it i can feel in my heart that that's that's how i want to be engaged in my time and so over time I started thinking about it. I don't think I heard even heard of the term spiritual director until I was, you know, let's let's call it 15 years ago. I might have actually heard of the term. I mean, just vaguely out there I'd heard about it, but then I really started understanding what it was. And when I understood what it was and and I, I said, you know what, I, I'm willing to take the chance at, at a program that would invite me into it to see whether this is indeed a, a real calling for me. Uh, the program that I explored was one based in Berkeley, California, uh, out of the a Chaplaincy Institute. I was very intent on wanting a program that was that was multi-faith, interfaith. Um, that was very, very important to me. And that program just seemed to hit the marks for me. And it and it proved to be that way. Uh, in fact, the program, um, the, the book that comes out of that program, it's called Noticing the Divine by John Mabry, who was the director of that program. Um, I would still highly recommend that book um, as a book to, for anyone to introduce themselves to spiritual direction. And at the core of that book, what he does is he takes each of the major world religions and looks at spiritual direction from that lens. And so it allowed us, even during the training, uh, and that book does, allows us to move towards um, how does God, how is God expressed through all those religions? It gives us a non-judgmental, open-ended, open-hearted um, posture towards spiritual direction. Um, and so I finished that program back in 2015. And so I've been now a spiritual director, spiritual companion during that period of time. How about your journey? So very different. <laughs> uh, I uh, did not really know what spiritual direction was. I, I had the pleasure of joining the board of the Spirituality Network after attending a men's retreat. And I was so moved by the retreat that I was invited to join the board. And throughout my term on the board, uh, people kept telling me I should consider our Wellstreams program uh, to be trained as a spiritual director. And I was busy in my corporate life at, at the time. And I just kind of gave a, a nice nod and smile and said, yes, thank you. Uh, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, and then a few years after I was off the board, I got my master's in human resources. I had changed careers uh, fields in, in the middle of my career, career, and I wanted some more in-depth knowledge, got my master's late in life, and I was bitten by a continuous learning bug. And so I thought, all right, what's next? And I thought back to 
people that I deeply trusted on the board of the Spirituality Network uh, and their encouragement to look at spiritual direction. And it was based on their, their recommendations that I explored this at all. I had not a clue what spiritual direction was when I started the program. Mm. And uh, I had not had a spiritual director uh, until I started the program. So it was quite an eye-opening experience. Uh, but you know, you you talked about seeing people in conversation. Uh, just about the time that I joined the the network board, I was heavily involved in our company's diversity in inclusion initiative. And it felt like every day to me was like sitting in a coffee shop with somebody who was different than me and learning uh, amazing things about their lives um, and just exploring it with such wonder. And I love that the program that you went to uh, was also ecumenical and not geared toward any one religion, just like the Wellstreams program is. I think that's really important, at, at least to be able to walk with someone without a preconceived notion of where they need to end up. I, I, be, I keep becoming aware of more and more programs that are geared within a, a spe, uh, specific tradition or denomination, and it's intended to evangelize and to promote that particular faith. And yes. I think it's really important that what we offer is open to anyone of any faith background or no faith background, uh, and that they can know that uh, we will walk with them without judgment, without bias, without a preconceived notion of uh, where they need to go so that the wisdom that is within all of us can come out. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I, that's everything. I, as I, I know a lot of Wellstreams graduates who speak so highly of just how rigorous the program is, too, in terms of really a deep dive into all the different elements of it. So it's it's a really, really strong program. I want to mention, too, the this again, how did what, what I guess the term might be signposts, you know, what were the signposts along the way? Um, I think that for me, the, the process of journaling, I'm, I'm really big into journaling, and I, I think I take the line of Socrates, you know, the, the unexamined life is not worth living. I, 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 I completely adhere to that. I, I think that we, we need to give our own meaning to, you know, to what has happened to us in the, the day before and the months before and such things. So the process of self-discernment is really a foundational element of of how I felt like I was called. But the other aspect is being called by others and um, and having people who know me well say, you know what, um, you 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 have a capacity for listening deeply. That's one of the core elements. You seem to be able to do that. You also have a capacity for asking the clarifying questions, those kind of things that will draw me out in conversation and then the ability to perhaps at times offer insights and such things but those fundamental elements um i don't know if i would have found my way if i didn't have people in my life who who called me forth and recognized that gift yeah yeah you know i, I i'm a big fan of that uh, socrates quote as well but i do draw the line at journaling uh <laughs> I, i've attempted to journal and it just is not a practice that uh yeah that uh, moves me, but I, I really do believe it's important that we look critically at our lives 
Uh, and one of the things that I really appreciated about the training that I received in Wellstreams was that I was invited, always invited to look at myself, never forced. Uh, and whenever I was invited to look at myself, it was always within uh, a structure of unconditional love. It felt absolutely safe to be able to explore whatever I needed to explore and know that I wasn't going to be shamed or guilted or uh, made to feel uh, poor in any way, but I could honestly look at myself. And that's one of the things that I really try to do when I I sit with somebody. I, I try to create that space of unconditional love so that they feel uh, free to explore whatever they need to explore and know that I am not going to judge them. Mm. You know, I think that that's important, maybe for the folks listening, the idea of what actually happens in a session, because it it might seem intimidating for someone to to come in. But I think if I think those words you just spoke of what we're doing is we're simply holding space and without judgment. And so the, the role of a spiritual director or a spiritual companion is to is to first of all create that sacred space um one of the big differences between spiritual direction and life coaching is you'll see life coaching happening in a coffee shop i mean it just that those kind of conversations can and do happen there spiritual direction almost by definition is going to happen in a space that has been intentionally created through candles through um, so just the right environment. It, it might be on a back porch. I, in fact, conduct my spiritual direction sessions on our back porch, you know, kind of engaged in nature like that. But again, the idea of, of an intentional holy space um, and, and for the person to come into this space, recognizing that, that as you suggested, anything that's, that's offered is going to be held in a safe space without judgment. And then in the process of listening, perhaps insights are, are had, clarification can happen, and perhaps additional meaning, is, meaning can be given to one's life that way. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, when you talk about what happens, I like to start each of my sessions with silence. Uh, I, I want the person that I'm sitting with to take some time to really think about and reflect on what is the the most important thing that they might want to bring to me in that time? You know, they might have come with a, a preconceived notion of what they want to discuss, uh, but I want to make sure that there's space for that to happen. And I use that space personally to get myself into the right frame of mind. It, it, it's a time for prayer for me to make sure that I do offer unconditional love, that uh, I don't interject my own stuff into the conversation that it's all about them and that i listen with wise ears that allows me to invite the person to look at something uh perhaps that they weren't thinking that they needed to look at uh, so to know when to do that when to back off uh, and when to just keep quiet and listen so i i try to use that time to center myself so that I'm the right person to be sitting in the room with them. Yeah, you know, I, I agree completely with that. And I also know that um, I think sometimes uh, those of us who conduct this, do this work, will use a mantra or a, a, some type of reflection to center themselves. For me, the, um, 
my consistent centering mantra is 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 a version of a of a Sufi poem actually, but it, it goes essentially like my my highest aspiration is to be a flute through which God's breath flows. That's that's and I, I say that to myself intentionally prior to a session in order to do exactly what you're talking about, Alejandro, to be able to to as much as possible move away from my own ego. If I feel um, performance anxiety uh, jitters beforehand, I recognize that my ego is perhaps getting a bit too much out of control here. If I can recognize that that this session, um, if I can be that flute through which God's breath flows, suddenly I don't have to do any work here. Um, my teacher, John Mabry, used to say, um, if, if you get to the point where you're saying, um, I, I don't know what I'm doing, you're, you're getting closer than ever to where you need to be because that's the, the truth. You're not, you're not really in, in its best form. And I think when we're most beneficial, um, we, are, we are simply being that flute through which you know, the divine breath flows. And I'll tell you, in that moment, when you get into that kind of a flow of a conversation, it is just a beautiful experience, isn't it? it yeah. You know, there are so many times I've sat through a session and I've thought, well, I just don't know what that uh, really meant to the other individual. I, I got nothing out of that, or I didn't get a sense that they got anything out of it. And then I'll get a note saying that it was so helpful. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I think I, I love what you said about the breath of God flowing through the flute, but I, I think there's also a, just a, being God's ears to to hear what someone has to say. I, I think there's a, an important drive in all of us to be seen and to be heard. And we don't always get a place where that happens as deeply as it does in a spiritual direction session, uh, where someone is the absolute center of attention and the other person is there to totally receive. Um, I, I wish we had that just a standard part of how we live, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Yes. Yeah. And just to build on what you just said there, I, I completely agree that I, I think that every one of us wa is walking around at some level um, believing that we're not enough. You know, er every one of us walks around um, and just beneath the surface is carrying some secret burden. But at, at, at the core of all cores, every one of us is walking around simply wanting to be seen and heard and understood and appreciated. And, and I think spiritual direction at its core recognizes all those elements. I, the number of times people come in and just that central issue of I'm just not enough. I'm just not enough. And I need to talk about that. And I need someone to listen to me as I say that. Or I feel like I have to walk around this earth um, acting as if I've got it all together. And the truth is, I'm carrying this secret burden, whatever that is, let me share it for a while. Let me have somebody hold the space to listen for that. Yeah. And then finally, and again, this is the most, I think, constant thing within our frenetic society is that people are walking around and they're just invisible. They're, they're not being seen. And for us to give them an opportunity for, for a full hour to be seen and to be heard and to be understood, and then for their lives to be appreciated. It, it is a beautifully important spiritual moment for, for everyone involved. It, it is truly a sacred moment. 
uh, to, to be able to hold someone's story like that and to know that they trust you to, to hold it uh, in confidence and uh, that uh, whatever is said is okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, another thing I wanted to mention is I, I recently saw that um, the idea that um, to be spiritual is to, is to live in a place of ambiguity, right? I mean, it's just, it's just almost by definition. And um, I, I, I think sometimes, I, this may be a radical statement, but once somebody once said the opposite of faith might not be doubt, the opposite of faith might be certainty, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so I think that that space of sitting in the not knowing with the other person, you know, um, is again, one of the core elements of spiritual direction that we can come in and, and sit with that ambiguity. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and I don't think that people have too many places where they're allowed to question. In so many cases, you having questions about your faith is seen as a lack of faith. Uh, and I think that's such a disservice uh, to the people. The divine is so massive and huge and undefinable. And for us to think that we can put the divine into this nice, neat little box uh, with uh, and not have things on the outside of that box that make us wonder and be curious and uh, and and to have and have doubts in some cases. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the book The Sin of Certainty by mm -hmm. Pete Enns. Uh, it's a wonderful book that talks about that. Uh, and uh, it, it's unfortunate that we are expected to be certain about everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think at its core, that we, it just happens time and time again, doesn't it, in spiritual direction where people come in and all of it. I Another as one, I remember a, a companion coming in once saying, I, I just feel skeptical. I feel skeptical, you know, and to honor skepticism too, you know, like it, it doesn't, it, anything is honored. Everything is honored within spiritual direction. That's a beautiful yes. part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in terms of what happens in a session, I think I'm a pretty vanilla spiritual director. Uh, I, I engage in a lot of listening and some question or some commenting. Uh, but I know that, for example, you incorporate music into your spiritual direction. How do you do that? Yeah, well, I, I, um, I do have my guitar with me at all sessions, first of all. Um, I oftentimes, you know, at, at the beginning, as Alejandro, as you said earlier, um, the, the traditional way of starting is with silence, either with a prayer, sometimes with a mindfulness bell or singing bowl uh, to, to create that. I usually incorporate both uh, a singing bell or a mindfulness bell um, along with a song. I, I, I've written a few songs myself to just try to set a tone of open, open heartedness, uh, a tone of quiet, a tone of spaciousness. Um, and so the one place I do use it is at the beginning. I also, um, I also work as a chaplain with Ohio Health and I use my guitar almost at half of my sessions or half of my visits with folks. And of course I don't use it to perform. I use it as a way to connect. And, and so songs I've found or music can be an opening for story sharing. And again, at its core, spiritual direction is, is story sharing and story listening. 
um, heart story sharing at the deepest level. And so sometimes in the course of a session, I will hear a story that reminds me of a song. It may be one that I've written. It may be a James Taylor song or a Beatles song or a, a hymn. Um, but I try in its best sense, I hope that that song is evocative or provocative to allow for that person to go deeper and to kind of riff off of that song and, and share at a deeper level with their own with their own session, their own story. Um, and I, I oftentimes will then conclude um, at the end of a, a session, if, if a certain theme has come up and I could maybe find a song that would tie into that, I, I might use that as well. Yeah, I, I love that uh, you don't necessarily use spiritual or religious songs. I think there is so much spiritual in the ordinary or the secular that uh, if we're paying attention, there's deep messages uh, or deep ways in which they can touch us. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the, the arts are, you know, another thing that uh, can be a wonderful spiritual practice. I, I don't necessarily incorporate them into my session, uh, but I will uh, from time to time uh, invite the person I'm companioning to do it as homework or before our next session. So homework is not something I typically uh, do. I don't know if that's uh, something that uh, you incorporate into your practice. Not so much. No, I, I rarely. I, I Only a couple of times have I done that. But when you mentioned the arts, I think we can expand that to nature as well. And I, I do know that um, as I mentioned before, I do my sessions with folks out on our back porch. And so we'll stop and listen to the song of a bird or listen to the breeze going through the trees. And and we'll stop sometimes and just say, what what is that? How is that affecting, impacting your heart and your, your spirit right now? And it's a beautiful process. I think this idea of expanding spirituality, not not only beyond the, the ambiguity that we talked about before, but that, that everything is holy. Uh, I know Peter Mayer has that beautiful song called Holy Now, and it's, uh, and it's all about his evolution spiritually uh, to a point where he does recognize miracles happening everywhere, you know, within nature and, and, and the, this, you know, a, a, a child's wondering eyes, all of the images that he portrays. So I believe the spiritual direction in its best sense will avail itself of whatever is in our environment at that moment. And let's listen, what does that tree have to teach us? What is yeah. the sound of that bird? What is, and, and fill in the blank, right? Yeah, you, you touched about how does that touch your heart? Uh, I, I think one of the things, you know, it may happen in other forms of therapy as well is, but getting past just what do you think? So mm. getting to how do you feel, you know, how does something make you feel or where does that show up in your body and what what is the message for you from how that's showing up uh, mm -hmm. so that uh, we get we're, we're sometimes in our head so much. It's good to notice what the rest of this physical being has to tell us. Right. Right. Yeah, that's good stuff. I I wonder if we could move to the area of, of how. Um, the listeners might identify a calling to, to be a spiritual director. I, I, I've got an idea on this um, that I wanted to run by you, and that is um, the, um, I, I believe that at its core, a calling to spiritual direction begins, I think, well, I mean, from my own personal experience, and I think this might be true somewhat universally, 
is that it, it begins with that, the calling to uh, find joy in the conversation, finding joy, finding joy in the desire to go deeper into the, into the spiritual conversations. And, um, and, and I, and I, I want to juxtapose that with the idea that we believe that we're spiritually advanced or more spiritually advanced than other folks. I, I think that if, if that's our initial posture, that leads mostly to spiritual arrogance. You know, it, it doesn't connect us with the people. And here's the image that, that I wanted to share with you. And it's, it's the idea of um, this guy goes to an open mic and with his guitar and he goes up and signs up and he sees that ahead of him was Eric Clapton on the playlist and, and after him playing is going to be Paul McCartney. And, and he could be intimidated by that and say, uh, I'm, I'm walking out of here. I'm not going to play my music. I'm not going to play my song. But instead, he's coming out of it from this deep sensibility that he's being called to express himself in this fashion. And he mm -hmm. goes up and he plays his song and he does it. He doesn't do it perfectly because none of us do anything perfectly. But he goes out and he plays his song and he expresses himself. And I, I, I love that as an image because I think any of us could go, you know, think that, oh, well, I, who am I to be called to spiritual direction? You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, I'm not Jesus, I'm not the Buddha, I'm not Muhammad, any of these spiritual leaders. Um, but instead, the question is, do I feel called to participate in the process, to, to sit with someone, to provide space, to create the space where the conversation can happen? Because that's the calling. You know, it isn't, you know, being more spiritually advanced or being, again, Eric Clapton or Paul McCartney. It's, it's following your own muse, following that calling. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's also important that who you walk with is yourself. So you talked about spiritual arrogance. I agree. It is definitely, you know, that would be the wrong person to be a spiritual director. I think the opposite, someone with spiritual humility uh, would be the person that uh, might want to consider being a spiritual director. And I may have shared with you, uh, Micah 6.8 is a real important uh, scripture to me. It's tattooed on my arm uh, and in the end at the end of that verse uh, talks about walking humbly with your God. And I believe what that means is to walk as God knows us. And that means that uh, we acknowledge and um, explore the things that are less than what God would want us from us, as well as the things that God celebrates because there are gifts and our talents. So I think it's knowing us as God knows us and being able to accept the very positive things about ourselves and the things that we, we wish were different and being able to look at it honestly and openly. Because if we don't aren't willing to look at ourselves, we can't know when our stuff is getting in the way of the conversation that we're engaged in. And mm -hmm. we have to make sure that uh, we are always checking anything that we're saying or asking or wondering against our own ego. Mm. 
So help me understand how, how you learned that during wealth streams. What was the process that gave you the chance to identify that? Uh, well, I, I think probably the thing that was most significant was the uh, process of supervision that uh, we went through. I was surprised that uh, when we got to the practicum stage of our training, where we were actually practicing being spiritual directors, we never talked about how do I do spiritual direction better? You know, what did I do well in that session and what did I uh um, what did I mess up so that I can do it differently? We, we did talk about it some, but the really deep learning was why, what was in me that caused me to ask that question? Uh, so having that constant uh, checking from my supervisor to look at myself and explore what was motivating me and what what was I resisting? Why didn't I go down this certain path? Why did I go down this certain path was really informative. And and so I think if you're considering being a spiritual director, you've got to be willing to look at yourself and to have others look at you too. Know that you will be held in loving arms, but you still have to look at yourself. So it was hard, but beautiful at the same yeah, time huh? absolutely yeah wow you know it, it, it's often said that growth doesn't happen unless you're uncomfortable yeah and i think it's true that growth can happen when you're uncomfortable but if you're held lovingly growth can happen uh when uh and you don't have to be uncomfortable yeah yeah that's really that's really good stuff yeah yeah, I, I, at its core, I, I, I still I go back to the fact that people um, would be drawn to this work because they they enjoy they enjoy the conversation. But I think you're adding that extra element to it of um, a process of self awareness, isn't it? I mean, of really understanding oneself. Because you're right, it, we can we can trip ourselves up in the conversation so easily if we're not aware of that. It's like, you know, it happens over and over again. I think. Yeah, Amanda Cushing and I talked about this in our first episode of this podcast, but it is an awakening, you know, that is is a lifelong process that we, you know, we're always going to try and fool ourselves in some ways uh, and think that there's something that we don't need to address. And we're going to keep revisiting those things until we get it. Uh, and uh, I know that I've hit several things over and over again when wishing I'd learned the lesson the first time, but until we get it, we're, we're going to keep repeating uh, mistakes. And the more open we can be to exploring ourselves honestly, the more likely we're going to solve the problem sooner. Yeah. You know, I, as a musician, I always come back to music and I, I think the, what I also find uh, true in spiritual direction is that um, over time we do get to learn uh, the deep stories. We do get to learn the heart song of the person. And because of that, we can remind those people when they're off course, when they're not being true to those things. And, you know, for us to do that in a gentle fashion and in not a heavy handed way, and again, not in a directing way, but to be God's accompaniment, you know, that, that nudging the person with the right questions and with the right feedback and playing these things back, 
we can remind them and we can bring them home. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, just a beautiful thing that when you move along with someone over time and you hear their heart songs and you hear it and you hear it and then you play it back to them, you know, when they've forgotten their way, because we all forget our way. Every one of us in this society, because it's just so darn frenetic, we get caught up and we lose. We lose our way. And so spiritual direction is that place where we get to come home again, come home to our spirit, sit with someone who's willing to to hold that space for us. Uh, that's what I think in its core is what it really is. That's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, do you have any resources or things that uh, you think would be helpful for people to consider either if they're in a spiritual direction practice or if they're thinking about one? Um, there is a, a book called Callings and uh, that is one of my favorite books. And I wish I had it right in front of me right now because I could tell you the, the author's name, but the book is called Callings. And when I talked earlier on about that, that uh, idea of um, uh, the dialogue that, that is constantly happening between the divine and us, that's where that idea came from. And this book um, um, in several different chapters allows, invites us to think about where we've been called over time. Um, that's, that's one of the best books out there. I also mentioned the other one, Noticing the Divine by, by uh, John Mabry is another great book on spiritual direction. How about you, Alejandro? Do you have some resources? Well, Callings is on my night table. Uh, it's the stack of books that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, I, I just mostly like, um, I, I like all kinds of books, but, um, the, um, I in particular really appreciate, uh, receiving Richard Rohr's daily meditation. Uh, I, I read those every morning and, uh, they, they always have something meaningful for, for me that, uh, I can apply to my spiritual direction practice or at least to, to my life. Uh, and, you know, I would certainly invite anybody who's thinking about spiritual direction to take a look at the Wellstreams program. Uh, we uh, have quite a, an extensive process that we guide people through so that they know what uh, they're getting into. And uh, it, it will help you discern whether that's the right path for you or not. Those are great. The other one I just want to mention, well, back to journaling for one moment, Alejandro, I know it's not your cup of tea, but I, I know for other people it, it is. And, and there's a tool that, that I developed uh, years ago that has been helpful to me to help my own discernment. And I think it helped me find my way towards spiritual direction as well. And it's a simple tool that, that I, I call moments, insights, next steps. And, and the process is, is, is to, is to examine, um, during the, this, this previous, I do my, most of my journaling in the morning. So I'm thinking at the day before, and I think about those moments without judgment. These are not just moments of joy and moment, but they're the moments that were impactful to me. What were those two or three moments? Just zero in, perhaps write about them for a moment. The second step is insights. What, what insight do I glean? Why was that moment um, significant to me? What was it about? And then write about that for a bit. And the key part of this, and this is the most important part, is the momentum going forward. What's the next step? What do you do with that insight? Where does it take you? 
and it could be you know sending a note to somebody it might be calling somebody it might be taking that course it might be doing this but um, that process a day by day by day I would argue for me help me to find my way ultimately to spiritual direction mm-hmm. because because you over time what you do is you you you, uh, you know you, you just create this chain you know one link at a time but but that momentum towards the next steps what do I do with the insights of my life where and then suddenly I'm making that call and then having that interview and then I'm starting that spiritual direction program so just a process that's worked for me in the past wonderful thank you john you're welcome well let let me bring us to a close okay thank you for joining us today for awakening lives this is one more way the spirituality network connects people with resources for spiritual growth and depth regardless of faith tradition through education and training spiritual direction for individuals and groups and community programs and events Ecumenical and Interfaith, the Spirituality Network honors diversity and does not proselytize. If you wish to know more about our programming, please visit spiritualitynetwork.org. There you'll find uh, events such as an event that we've got coming up in on July 24th called Understanding Affirmative Prayer and Spiritual Companionship as a Healing Art. This is led by Paul Cuffey, who is a poet and a licensed practitioner and filmmaker and a writer of sacred texts. Please join us if you're able for that uh, Zoom meeting uh, in uh, on July 24th. Thank you. And if you find this podcast meaningful, please share with family and friends.